weeks before, we started a sermon series on Ask For. So in the first week, we asked God for open doors. In the second week, we asked God for open hearts. Last week, we asked God for open heaven. And we understood that the heaven above our lives will be kept open when we do a couple of things, when we do what is fitting. Even though it may not be the desired or even though it may not be a best option for our life, but when we do what is fitting and what is given, what is appropriate during this time, the heaven doors open for us. When we give according to the biblical life principle of tithing, we understood that God opens the windows of heaven and he blesses us. And finally we heard when we obey by changing our rebellious and stubborn nature, we realize that God opens the heavens. And today as a final sermon in this short series, we are going to ask God for open hands. Ask God for open hands. Can you say open hands? The central scripture, scriptures of the sermon is from Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. We are asking here for God for open hands, to God for open hands. Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 and 30 through 38. Verse 36, Matthew chapter 9. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Verse 38, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This morning we are asking God for open hands. Open hands are required to work in his vineyard, in his harvest field. Harvest requires both of our hands. And God wants open hands to work in the harvest. You know, anything to do with the harvest, it requires both hands. And if you try to recollect your memories of your old days, childhood days, you would have seen kind of harvest happening. It requires both hands to be available in order to experience harvest. So Jesus is asking us to pray more that, you know, more open hands will be sent into the harvest. You know, today as we conclude this series, God is asking us to pray for more open hands to become available for God. You know, we are living in a time where people look at serving God, you know, as a low thing, as a little thing to do. People don't consider serving God as something, you know, something which is of honor and which is of greatness. We are living in a time where, you know, men of God and women of God, they are not valued in the society. But you know what? God honors, God bestows a special honor for those who serve Him. God has a special favor on, upon those who serve God. And this morning God is asking us 
to pray for more open hands so that more evangelists, more pastors, more prophets, and you know, more preachers will be, will be going into the harvest field so there will be a mighty harvest happening. How many of us like to see harvest happening? Can you see your hands? Yes? We all want to see harvest happening. We all want to see people coming to God. People coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this morning we are going to see some of the characteristics of open hands. So that you know we can ask God for more open hands. What are those characteristics? You know, can you all just open your hands and just have a look at your palm? Don't read the palm, but just have a look at your palm. Okay? How beautifully God had created. Does it matter one month or two months or 10 years or 20 years or 78 years? Still your palm is so beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, just some of you are looking at now once again and give a special look now. Okay. How beautifully and wonderfully God had created us. And this morning we are talking about what are the characteristics of open hands. Number one, open hands are available not busy open hands are available not busy when both the hands are occupied we can't do anything the way we want that to be done let's say i have both my hands are occupied right now i have water bottle and i have a phone in one hand i'm just holding these in my both hands and what else I can do with my hands now? There's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. Even if I want to lift my Bible, that's not going to happen. Because I'm already busy. I'm no more available to do anything. But open hands are available, not busy. They are available for God's work. Open hands are available for God's work. You know, we are all busy in this world. When I talk to you, you say that, Pastor, I've been very busy. And when some of you ask me, how was your week, Pastor? I will say that it was very busy. So for even if you talk to school children, they will say that I've been very busy all along. But when it comes to the matter of God, we need to make ourselves available. We are talking about open hands that are available, not they are not busy. You know, busy people cannot do anything for God. They are too busy to do anything for God. If we are busy at your, our work, if we are busy with our family 24 by 7, Monday to Sunday, do we have time to do anything for God? We are busy 24 by 7, Monday to Friday, even during the weekends we are busy, then we don't have time for God. When we don't have time for God, we cannot do anything for God. You know, most of the time, with one hand we hold our work, with the other hand we hold our family. You know, both are important. We hold our family. And we are fully occupied. We are fully busy. We are not at all available. You know, if this continues every day. This continues every week. Do you think it's going to stop? It's not going to stop. You're, you need to take care of your family. You need to take care of you do your work. So we are fully busy all the days. 
The question is when we can do something for God. You know, if we don't do anything for God, we will go to in the presence of God with the empty-handed, the same way we came to this world, same way we go and stand before God. First of all, we don't know whether we'll go before God. And we'll go before God and we'll stand with empty-handed. And what a shame that will be. When Nehemiah saw the need of building a wall around Jerusalem, Bible says people open their hand for the work of God. They make themselves available for the work of God. Can you all say available? A little out loud. We read that in Nehemiah chapters 2 verses 17 and 18. Shall we read that? Nehemiah 2, 17 and 18. Then I said to them, then Nehemiah said to them, you see the distress that we are in now. How Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be reproached. Repro no longer be a reproach. Verse 18, and I told them of the hand of my God which had been good upon me and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me with great favor in fact so they said let us rise up and build what did they say they said let us what did they say let us rise up and build then they set their hands to this good work they set their hands they gave the hands their hands were available to do the work of god open hands are available not busy you know God wants us to find available time in the midst of our busy schedule you know that's the reason some of the time you know we have our board meeting night nine o'clock ten o'clock because that's the time available some of the meetings we may have to schedule in a very different time you know when we want to do things for God some of those weekends you know we may have to make ourselves available when we go for the outreach ministry some of those times, you know, we may even take off from work because we know for sure the work of God is important. I don't know, do you think that urge in your heart at any point of time, Lord, I need to do something for you, Lord? You know, we all think about it and then just we leave it and not doing anything about it. But this morning, God is reminding you that you need to do something about that. If you don't make ourselves available, we don't have open hands, our hands are already occupied. Our hands are busy. We can't really do anything for God. Secondly, when we have open hands, the open hands are available for others. You know, not only God, when we serve God, it is also important that we serve people. We serve people to serve God. You know, that doesn't mean that we are worshipping people, but we worship God, but we help, we serve, we minister to people to serve God. So we talked about being available for God, and a little more precisely, are we available for others? You know, many times we are busy that we are not available when people need us. You know, there are people living around us, they need us. We spend our whole life without without meeting the needs of others you know this is the saddest thing that's happening in christianity we spend our whole life a selfish way in a very selfish way without meeting the needs of others i was just thinking about this we wait or we spend our whole life waiting for good times 
in our lives. We think that happy times will come one after the another in our lives. You know, it is like chasing, which is something which is random, thinking that it is going to come and it is going to make us happy. But at the end of the day, we don't find it. We don't find it. Ralph Waldo Emerson, an American philosopher who lived in the mid 19th century, this is what he says. He says, the purpose of life is not to be happy. He's not a godly man, but he says, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. The purpose of life is not to be happy. You know, if we are a happy people who come to this world and just leave from the face of this world, this world can offer you enough happiness. There is every day something going on in some part of the country, some part of the nation, some part of your city. And they are capable of making us happy. We don't need God. We don't need God. The purpose of life is not to be happy, but it is to be useful. Can you say useful? You know, it is important that we live our lives in a useful way. On the day when the lawyer stood in the crowd and he looked at Jesus and he asked, Who is my neighbor? One valid question he asked, Who is my neighbor, Jesus? You have been talking, saying that you need to love your God and you need to know, love your neighbor the same way you love yourself. Who is my neighbor? You know, this morning we are talking about being available for others. Let's go, go to Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 34. Then Jesus answered and said to that lawyer who asked, Who is my neighbor? Jesus said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. Now by a chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the people at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Jesus gave a good you know, illustration of presenting three different kinds of people who came there to meet that man who was wounded, a priest, a Levite and a Samaritan. Are you with me? Who are all? A priest mm -hmm. and a Samaritan. So they all came and the priest and the Levite were busy people. Their hand was already full. They are so busy they can't find the need of somebody. They are so busy that they can't even serve somebody who is dying. The priest and the Levite, you know, they are busy. And the priest could not make a difference in the life of that man who is about to die. But the Samaritan made a huge difference in that life on that day. And Jesus was saying, 
You need to be like that Samaritan. There are many who are wounded, many who are troubled, and you are called to make a difference. You are called to have an open hand so that you are available for others. You know, those who are busy, they are not available to do God's work. But the Samaritan <coughs> had his hands open and he was available to help that man. You know, we need to live with the open hand of helping somebody. You know, we need to teach that to our children. It's important we need to teach our children to help others. I don't know how, how much we do it, but it is very important we need to teach our children. We need to build that quality in them. Don't bring up your children in a selfish way. And you will feel that pain of it in the later days in your life. You need to bring your child and tell him and educate him and help him to find the needs of others and encourage them to go and help. Encourage them to go and support. Do not bring up our children in a selfish way. It's really important. And God wants us to do that too. You know, many times we look at our own limitation. We look at our own weaknesses. And we look at our own busyness. The question is, when do you have time to do anything for God? When do we have time to do anything for God? This morning we are here to pray for open hands. God wants us to have open hands. Open hands are available, not busy. Secondly, open hands are held up, not let down. Amen? Can you say it with me? Open hands are held up, not let down. In the life of the children of Israel, some point of time as they were traveling in the wilderness, the Amalekites, they came and they fought with the people of Israel in Rephidim. Moses asked Joshua and his company to go and fight with the Amalekites in the valley. And Moses said, myself and Aaron and her, we three will go to the mountain top. And you know, we read this in, in Exodus. It's a simple illustration, simple uh, story that took place there, situation there in the mount, as Moses and Aaron and her standing there in the mountain. Exodus 17, verse 11. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, means they owned, they were advanced. But when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. You know, God wants us to have open hands and the open hands lifted up and held up, not let down. Do not let your hands down. You know, this morning God is telling us, do not let our hands down. Keep your hands open and held those hands up. Do not let those hands down. What does it mean really to us? Open hands are held up, not let down. First of all, we saw open hands are available, not busy. Secondly, we are talking about open hands are held up, not let down. You know, this life has been a battle for many of us. You know, many of us have been battling with various things in our lives. It's not only in this church, it's not only in some other church, it's everywhere. People are in different battle day to day, in their day-to-day -day lives. And Bible says, God is telling us this morning, we can't afford our hands to go down. Amen? 
We can't afford our hands to go down. Our hands need to be held up with open hands. It's important that we need to keep our hands open and our hands are held up always. What does it mean? Exactly if you look into the situation in Rephidim, as Moses, Aaron and her standing there at the mountaintop and Joshua taking his army to fight against the Amalekites, you know, this is what is happening there. As Moses was, Moses' hands were held up, children of Israel, they were advancing the battle. And when he put his hand down, the Amaleks are advancing in the battle. Amalek is the spiritual power of darkness. Amalek is the spiritual power of darkness. I want you to listen to me this morning. Amalek is the spiritual power of darkness that's working against the people of God. On the day when Moses opened the mountain, those who are getting hurt, those who are getting affected are where the children of God because the Amalek was advancing and Moses was holding up his hands up straight and open so that the Amalek could not prevail. What was going up on the hill decided what had to happen in the valley. What was happening in the mountain, you know, that decides what was happening in the valley. You know, this morning God is telling you what is happening in your prayer closet. That decides what will happen in your life. Amen. Can I hear an amen out loud? Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Once again, amen. 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 Okay, I need some backup. Hello. What did I say just now? What happens inside our prayer closet or whatever happens in our prayer time, you will see the reflection of it in your real life. When Moses was holding his hands up, children of Israel were prevailing. They were thriving. They were moving forward. You know, this morning God is calling every believer to have his or her hands held up. Can you hold his hands up for a moment? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Both the hands. Good. So when we have our hands up, who's going to prevail? Children of God. When we put our hands down, who's going to prevail? The enemy. Is that okay? Clear? Now we'll find out who are these Amalek. It's important if you go to the next slide. Amalek was a grandson of Esau. Who always wanted to kill whom? Jacob, you remember? Jacob had to escape for life in the, from the presence of Esau. Because Esau always wanted to kill Jacob. Amalek, today's spiritual Amalek, wants to kill the people of God. Destroy the people of God. In a spiritual sense, these Amalekites, listen to me, are the hereditary enemies of the devil. Devil, he causes trouble in your life and in your family. And the thing is running through the bloodline from one generation to the other generation. Amalek of the Amalek's are the generational enemy to the people of God. Started from the life of Isa, went to his son and went to his grandson. Now you see they are against the people of God. What does it mean? It simply means the, the Amalek's are the generational enemies against the children of God. What does it mean today? 
What does it mean today? What the enemy is trying to do in my life and in your life? Generation to generation. God is not bringing generational sicknesses in your life. But the devil is doing it. And who is the devil? Amalek. Amalek is a generational cause. Generational sicknesses. The hereditary sicknesses such as cancer. You know, we need to know how important it is that we need to keep our hands up. Our hands need to be held down, our held up, and our hands need to be open and held up. Hereditary sicknesses such as cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, arthritis, and heart conditions, that there can be many more. God wants us to hold our hands up and pray against so that what happens in the mountain will happen in the valley, will happen in your life. Generational barrenness. Hormone problems, menstrual problems, fibroid, miscarriage, cyst, tumor, bladder problem, kidney stone. You know, many things we can go on and on. This Amalek brings generation after generation and he throws that into your life and in my life. Because he is an enemy of God's people. He is an enemy of God's people. Have you come across premature sudden death in families? He was yesterday, he was walking on the street, I saw him. And today he's no more. Family curses, lack, poverty, unemployment, debt. We want to find out who is this Amalek. And we want to lift up our hands so that, you know, we can prevail, we can advance in the battle. Family breakdowns, separations, divorce, and many other things. Generation after generation. Looks like that's a sign of that family. If that is happening in that family, we know that his dad died because of that and his grandfather died because of that. And this morning God wants us to identify those generational curses and God wants us to have an open hand and lift up our hands, you know, and pray to God. And we ask God for an open hand so that the Amalek can be destroyed. Laziness and no vision in life, no motivation in life. I don't know why I'm living. I don't have any direction. It's a curse of the Amalek upon the people of God. God wants us to hold our hands open and lifted up. Amen. So that we can bring these kind of enemies down. You know, on the day when children of Israel were walking in the wilderness, there were many different kinds of enemies. They are just foreshadows of what is happening today in this wilderness, in our life journey. If we know our Old Testament very well, we will be able to identify those enemies in our lives. They are not different. They are just the same enemy repeatedly coming over and over again in your life and my life. And God wants us to hold our hands open and hold those hands up, lifted up, so that, you know, the victory belongs to us, the people of God. So we need open hands that are held up. Open hands are held up, not laid down, laid down. Number three, open hands release. We are trying to understand the nature, the characteristics of open hands, so that we can ask God for open hands. Open hands release, not hold. Releasing is the nature of God. Holding is the nature of human. In fact, holding is the nature of animals. Opening, releasing is the nature of God. Can you say, I'll say release? In the olden days, the farmers in the villages, they trap monkeys by keeping a glass jar 
tied up with a tree and a banana put inside the glass jar. And the glass jar has an opening, an opening just enough for the monkey's hand to get in to the glass jar. And there is a banana kept inside. It's a glass jar, so monkeys can see through. But monkeys reaches the banana once it puts its hand and reaches the banana and it holds the banana inside the jar. But once it grabs the banana, it tries to take out its hand. And the orifice of the opening is just enough for only the hand. But the wrist with the uh, banana, it's not going to come out. And you know what the monkey does? Monkey, probably the monkey could have left the banana and then escaped. But monkey won't leave the banana. It will hold the banana very tight and try to take its hand out by the time it gets caught. Easily the monkey could have escaped by just leaving. Let that go. Open hands, release, not hold. You know, holding anything is not a sign of child of God. Releasing is the nature of God. Holding is the nature of animals, in fact. And God wants the human being to let go, you know, open our hands so that we can release. We can release. You know, I was not sure what I can teach on this subject, but you know, there are three thoughts. Open hands, release, not Hold. Let's read Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, Jesus said. Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, Matthew 6. But lay up for yourselves treasures in where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys. And where thieves do not break in and steal. God wants us to have open hands that releases, not holds. Number one, God wants us to release our resources. Can I hear an amen? Releasing resources for the work of God. You know, we spoke, about, spoke enough about tithing last week. And I don't want to speak about that again. But this morning I want to touch a little bit on releasing our resources for the work of God. We need to have open hands to release. We need, certainly we need inheritance for our children. Bible says if we are a fool, if we don't save anything for our children, okay? You need to think about it, right? You need to leave something for your children, okay? That's important. But now, you don't need anything more than that. So more than that, we have, we need to be released for God's, hello, it should be released for God's work. It is true that we need to have money to build our church. Certainly we need money. But when God gives more than that, what we need, we believe, it should be released for mission work. Amen? Can I hear an Amen. It has to be released to the mission work. Once we have what we have, the bank balance should be minimum. So that, you know, God's work can thrive. All the unused cloths, all the unused books, all the appliances which we are not using. How many refrigerators you need in your house? Two? Only one. You may need a freezer. All the unused cloths, all the unused books, all the unused appliances must be released to those who 
don't have. Some of the hands, heads are going down like this. Why are we holding them? Have you ever thought? What are we going to take when we leave? Release. Releasing is the nature of God. And God wants us to do it. You know, our God has been the giver all along. God wants us to be a giver too. God wants us to be a giver too. Luke chapter 6 verse 38, Jesus said, Give and it will be given. When it will be given? When we give. First instruction is to give. First instruction is to release. Release whatever we don't need. Empty your house. Do not store up things in your house. Somebody may be in need of that item that you are having in excess. Send that to them. Give that to them so that somebody can be blessed. You know, what a situation it would be when we stand before God, when God started questioning you for all the unused cloth you are piling up in your clothing cabinet. In your clothing cabinet. How will you give account for all those things? Somebody is in need of those things. God wants us to release. Next thing, we read in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Siren, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul, was to say, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3, then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Secondly, God wants us to release people. Can you say people? First of all, God wants us to release resources. Secondly, God wants us to release people. Barnabas and Saul need to be sent away. Amen. We cannot hold Barnabas and Saul. We cannot hold people inside. They don't need inside the church. Once they grow up and they're able to do the work of God, they need to be released. You know, today churches and pastors are trying to hold people. But they must be acute and they must be released. They must be sent out to do the will of God, the work of God. There are places there are no churches. They must be sent out to start churches, to plant churches. I want you to think about this way, baby cannot remain in the womb of a mother more than 280 days or 40 months. If a baby continue to remain in the womb of a mother more than 40 weeks or 280 days, what will happen to the baby and to the mother? It's not good. The baby must be released. If not, it is dangerous for the baby and it is dangerous for the mother too. Today when we try to hold people inside the church, you know, eventually they can become a threat and danger to the kingdom of God. God wants us to release. I don't know what it means to you, but I believe it means something to you. Parents, when God wants your children to do the work of God, do not stand in between them. It's a curse. When your children, they want to go to the Bible college, do not stop them. 
Do not stop them husbands and wives. Do not stop when God wants to use your husband, when God wants to use your wife. Do not just come in the middle and stand. God wants us to release the people for the work of God. Remember the donkey that was bound at the pole? What Jesus told the disciples? Release. Release the tied donkey. Luke chapter 19 verse 31. And if anyone asks you, very good answer. Why are you losing it? That you should say, shall say to them, because the Lord has need of it. Just tell them the Lord wants it. You know, when the call of God comes upon your family, upon your children, you know exactly that's how it's going to come. I want him. I want her. And God wants us to release number three. God wants us to release the gifts. Gifts. Can you say gifts? God wants us to release the gifts. You remember the parable of the talents? Parable of talents. Jesus spoke about the parable that servant was given five talents. Another servant was given two talents. And another one was given one talent. But the servant who received one talent, he was not willing to release it. The servant who received five and the servant who received two, they were willing to release. You know, God wants us to release our gifts and talents. What are the gifts and what are the talents that God has given to us today? What are the spiritual gifts and talents that God has given to us? I know some of you are talented, some of you are gifted, but we don't do anything with those talents and with that gifts. You can pray for others. When you pray for others, God reveals. But we don't do it. We don't use it. Even in your workplace, the person who is sitting next to you, when you start praying for her, when you start praying for him, God reveals what is happening in our lives. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, greater revelation going on inside the church. I don't want that. I want revelation. Everything should work outside the church so that people can come to the cross. Amen. Go and tell them this is what is happening in your life. Stop somebody who is at the road, walking at the road and tell them, I have been praying for you. I've been seeing, walking, you know, in front of my house a couple of days. I've been praying for you. God is revealing this to me. This is what you are going through in your life. And he'll give attention. He will pay attention to you, to your God. Amen. God has given us gifts and talents. There are a few times you experience when you prayed for sick. God healed them. What are we doing with those talents? I hear testimonies from you once a while. What are we doing with those things? What are, where are those revelations? When we pray for somebody, they receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They receive deliverance. God has given you ability to teach, ability to lead. What are we doing with those talents? What are the other gifts that we have? We can play instruments. Where are those gifts? We can sing. Where are those gifts? We can counsel to people. Where are those gifts and talents? We can train others. We can motivate others. We can encourage others. You know, some of us are blessed with people skills. We are great influencers. Are we able to influence people for God? But there are so much God has invested. God has invested in our lives. These gifts and abilities and talents. We are not supposed to hold them. We are supposed to release them. Amen. I pray that God may give us, God may open the avenues where our gifts and talents will be released to bless multitudes. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, reading from NIV. Each of you 
should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Peter is telling us, each of you should use whatever gifts that God has given to you to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You know, God had given gifts to all of us in various forms. Some of us started telling, sharing the gospel to our friends and to somebody, but then we stopped. We are not focused. You know, we are not determined. And God wants us to do that because God wants to use you. Amen. When you are willing to release, when you are willing to open the hands and release what God has given you, God wants to use you. First of all, we did not earn those gifts. It was given. We are not, we never prayed for those talents and gifts. Jesus prayed for it already at the cross. Those spiritual blessings that you have today, the anointing that you have today, the word that God has given you today, you have not done anything for that. It was given to you because Jesus already paid, it, paid for it. The servant who was holding one talent, just because he was not willing to release that talent, he was punished. He was thrown into the eternal hell. Just because he was not willing to release what was given to him. Open hands release, not hold. Shall we all just stand up this morning as I summarize? Today we need to ask God for open hands. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We talked about a couple of things. Open hands are not busy. They are available for God's work and to serve others. Open hands are held up. It's open and it's held up, not let down. So that the enemy doesn't prevail. Open hands are willing to release resources, people, and gifts and talents they don't hold. This morning, God wants you to ask for open hands. You're just going to get into a time of prayer this morning before we leave.